I don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? Welcome, everybody, to a new fresh episode of Rewrite the Rules, where you hear stories and mindsets and lifestyles from people that are living life on their own terms so that you can do the same. Today's guest is Alex Stranger. Uh, he is a character, as you're going to soon find out. He is on the ballot, officially on for the mayor of Austin, and he's running a campaign that is has a dash of trolling in it to bring to light uh, important issues, um, which you will soon discover. Um, he's a little bit like in the politician mode at the beginning, um, and then we get into a whole slew of things about life, and then we actually end up shooting the shit for over an hour, uh, even after the podcast was done. So really interesting guy. Had a great time recording this with him. Um, I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Um, as always, you can find me at alexstar.com. Um, leave a review on iTunes. It would be much appreciated. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. Um, I have a lot of cool things coming out. Going to be doing a rebrand, getting a studio open soon. Um, so big things coming. Uh, much love to everyone. Hope the fall is coming along nicely. I know it's getting cold here in Austin finally. It's a good time to kind of transition and figure out some new things to do. So hope everyone's doing well and enjoy this show. Welcome, welcome yes. to the podcast, dude. Thank you. I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Now we're going. Alex Stranger. Pronounce your last name. Alex Stranger. Stranger. Yes. Alex Stranger. All right, man. So we are here, and you got the mayor belt on. You got the suit and tie. You got the handlebar mustache. And we're here to talk about politics and social issues in Austin and your run for mayor. Exactly, Alex. And you know, uh, I'm glad you pointed out the mayor belt. The reason I'm wearing this belt is because I'm currently ahead in the polls. And I plan on keeping this belt for the next eight years. So what's up? Why'd you decide to run for mayor? What's well, up? There are a lot of social and economic injustices taking place here in Austin. And uh, I'll put it this way. There's nobody better able to address these issues than me. How come? Well, I drive a pedicab for a living. And as a result of driving a pedicab in downtown Austin, I am the only candidate with a constant and direct interaction with the citizens of our great city, and therefore I have a better understanding into what the people truly want. Okay, so what? Uh, what is it? What do they? What do they want? What are you? What are you experiencing? How long have you been in Austin for, by the way? I've been here over five years. You know, okay, I, I, cool. I moved here from New York, and I moved okay. from New York because of how expensive and congested New York was. Yes, how, yeah. how expensive and congested New York City was, and I regrettably see Austin moving in that same direction at an uncomfortably rapid rate. You're talking about kind of like the apartments that we're in right now. Just a lot of new stuff popping up, a lot of new people moving in, congestion in the streets. What else? Well, that's exactly what's happening is congestion in the streets, unaffordability. They're um, trying to make Austin an extremely dense city. And then they go and try to say that it's good for the environment and it's good for sustainability and development and whatnot. And, uh, you know, there's a point because sprawl is not, you know, Sprawl is definitely not good for the environment and having people, you know, have to depend on a motor vehicle constantly is also has certain environmental hazards and, and whatnot. But 
when you try to congest, congesting everybody into a confined space also has a lot of harmful consequences. Especially since we're not really doing anything to help with our traffic situation. You know, what we're doing primarily is we're just literally stacking and packing people into tiny apartment units. And that doesn't seem like it's going to help. It's probably going to create more congestion, create more traffic, put more carbon footprints into the air, especially with companies like Uber and Lyft returning. Um, and they don't regulate or fingerprint their drivers. The, you know, the, the people who drive for these companies wind up making below minimum wage after, you know, their expenses are, are taken out. So it, it just it, it just seems like we're, we're being... Uh, Sold a bag of shit for lack of a better word. There you, know? you go. Yeah. Like, what What do you think? What, what do you think the root reason is for that? Like, what do you think the cause is of all that? Think it's cause, money. Think it's business. I think it's a lot of has, a lot of it has to do with business. I think mm-hmm. that um, over half of the council's planning commission is tied to the real estate and development industry. You know, and these are the same people who are instituting our new land code, our, our city council. And have you heard of Code Next? Mm-mm. So, so uh, Code Next was based off the Imagine Austin plan, and the Imagine Austin plan was a, a plan uh, devised in 2012 to uh, address our rapid growth and how we're going to accommodate and fix our rapid growth and how we're going to develop for the future as a result of the, the changes that Austin is experiencing. And uh, Code Next stemmed from that, and Code Next is basically a 1,500-page land code, which, first of all, that's, that's a red flag in and of itself because anything that's 1,500 pages related to land is going to have mixed and confusing languages and convoluted languages. And a document that big is going to have a lot of loopholes, meaning that developers are going to very easily be able to ignore certain laws and parameters, you know, designed to make Austin more affordable and less con- congested and have less traffic. There, it, there are going to be a lot of ways to overlook those, um, those laws and, and create loopholes and whatnot. All, you know, and also, um, the language is so confusing that, you know, the majority of the council can't even understand what's in Code Next, let alone like a common citizen. Or the time to read it, man, a fucking 1,500-page booklet. Like, who is going to have the time yeah, to read that? Exactly. Who is going to have time to read that? Unless the only person who's reading that is somebody who uh, has something to gain from that passage being implemented so that they can start quoting things that are like positive in regards to it. So, right. Um, so what do that's you- a problem. So how do you, I mean, so let's say, let's say you get into, into office, how are you going to stop all those types of like lobbyists and all those, those money interests? How are you going to stop them from infiltrating the city? Cause that's the big question, right? I feel like that's what a lot of, well, you always hear that from politicians. Like once I get in, it's going to change. And like, to me, it's like the system, you okay. know? So well, what's here, up? Here's, here's a, a real source of comfort for you, Alex. All right. And something you should, you and everybody else in Austin should feel really good about is the fact that none of these lobbyists or developers have offered me a penny throughout my campaign. Meaning that I owe them nothing. And you know, look, you can't really make... These things are not like foolproof... foolproof you know, it's not, it's not a foolproof thing where you could say, yeah, I'm going to stop all corruption and all lobbyists from entering sure, the city, yeah. right? right? But... Um, I can make sure that a lot of these companies pay their fair share of taxes if you're going to build on city-owned land. And uh, we, have, we have a problem giving away city land to large companies who don't pay property taxes. And hmm. 40% of our uh, tax revenue on, this, on city-owned land, of tax revenue, of property tax revenue on city-owned land, goes to affordable housing units. And we're like two-plus years behind our affordable housing unit goal. And then they're trying to pass a $250, $250 million affordable housing bond. 
that we have to pay for. Mm. And, you know, it's only $60 like a year off, off your property taxes, right? But that, that's an increase, you know what I mean? And like there are other bonds and measures that are going to be implemented as well. That are going to be in the service of the businesses instead of the people. And look, I, I support the bond. And um, I support the fact that we need more affordable housing units. But A, we have to figure out what affordable housing means. Because if large, co- you know, if, if companies like Google and Facebook start coming into Austin and even at, they're even trying to get Amazon to come here, right? Which when I get elected, that conversation's off the table. And if I were the current mayor, I would not even try to write a proposal to get Amazon here. We do not need Amazon. I agree with that. Yeah, they want that giant headquarter up north. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know they're not paying their fair share of taxes. They don't even pay taxes to the state. Like they have to, they charge a sales tax on their service to the people that covers the state taxes. So where did you like? When was the moment that you decided you wanted to run for fucking mayor? Where you were like, you know what, I'm going to do that. What, what Man, was that it, it moment? Was kind of, it was kind of a process, but uh-huh. um, I really started to get get upset about how things were done here in Austin once Uber and Lyft came back. How come? Because um, they started, to be honest, they started cutting into my income. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they started to cut into my income. They cut into my friend's income. It was a lot harder for me to earn a living. And a big reason why I moved to Austin is because I want to have a healthy work-life balance. I want to one day be able to have kids and a family and become a suburban dad. And, you know, when when a company or, or a group of companies come into, come into a region and disrupt an entire industry without showing any respect for the city. It is my job as a concerned citizen to, to stand up and address these issues. I mean, this is why we live in the United States is so that you can actually be a person who speaks up for what you're upset about. And so like, that was like the entryway to the rest of the like issues that you started to see. Well, yeah. And, and so then like um, a few months later, there was the women's March and I, and I decided to, you know, say that I was running for mayor and I was wearing a Dan Bilzerian shirt and I made a video. Um, not really sure what was going to happen, but I just made the, made the video just, just for fun, and I got a really positive reaction. Like, I got over 1,000 people saw the video, and I, and I don't really pay for um, my stuff to get viewed. Like, I believe in just having everything be organic and natural, because I think that if people like something, they like it. Just like this energy drink that we're drinking, organic right, it and is, natural. It is organic. <laughs> it's delicious. Guru Energy, <laughs> buy yourself a can. <laughs> You will get amped. You will get fucking in a pumped. good way. Yeah. I'm already amped. I already get amped when uh, I talk about the social injustices of Austin. But now I'm extra. Now amped. you're extra amped. With ready the guru to make on your real, side. Ready to make real changes. Yeah, there we go, dude. Thank you, Guru. <laughs> so what's like? What's um? How much of this? Because when you like, you're putting on a shirt like that Dan Brazilian shirt. How much of this is like a? Like trolling in order to kind of make well, your mark, you know what I, I mean? Well, let's let's get back to every what happened though, right? Let's okay, let's get cool. back to how this okay. how this unfolded. So I um made the video. I got a really positive response, and so in the back of my mind, I, I thought to myself, okay, um, you're gonna have to come back to this. And the the feedback I got was so positive that it was just like, all right, you need to you you are gonna have to, you prob you probably should run and file a campaign treasury report. However, at the time that I made that video, I was getting ready for Golden Gloves. So, you know, the primary focus on hand at the time was boxing. And when you have a fight to get ready for, or any kind of like intense athletic competition, that requires a lot of energy and focus. And one of the cornerstones I I believe towards being successful at something is to have single-minded focus on an issue. And, you know, if you have something that you want to do, that's what you got to focus on firsthand. Address one problem at a time. Don't try to, you know, 
do everything at once because then you do nothing and you you feel like shit about yourself. That's yeah. pretty much the lo- long and short of it. So I did that, right? Did Golden Gloves. Went to Houston. There was a rodeo in Houston. So I went and pedicabbed the rodeo for a, like a couple weeks. I go back to Austin and I made a Facebook post. And the post said, to all my friends in the service industry, South by Southwest is around the corner. There'll be many people from out of state visiting, specifically California. And it is your job as a concern, you know, is your job as Austinites to provide these people with, with as awful of an experience as possible so that they do not move here. <laughs> Charge people double, give them wrong directions, take them to the Arch, which is the homeless shelter on East 7th Street if they want to buy drugs. The cho- your choices are limitless. Be the change you wish to see in the world. <laughs> Namaste. And that's what you posted. That's what I posted. And that post went viral. Like yeah, no shit. 7,000 people shared it. No way. And it got, well, yeah. It, that makes I, sense. That the makes post sense. made the statesman. I did an interview on KVU. I told them that I was planning on running for mayor. They cut that part out because KVU is a fake news station and they don't report on the real issues. That's another story. Um, but yeah, that that's how it started. And um, the the support I got for my progressive agenda really started to catapult. And, you know, I realized that this was, I, you know, I'm going to say this, Alex, um, I don't really want to be mayor. I need to be mayor for the sake of our citizens. That's a fucking tagline right there. Well, it's the truth. Yeah. Um, so then what's so like with all the, like the build the dome, like keep the Californians out and stuff like that, which is a fucking great social, like, I don't know what to call it, like social movement kind of thing to get people, to, don't you have shirts that's like, I do have shirts, hashtag actually. build yes, the dome. Hashtag, I do have build the dome t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell, tell, tell me about uh, build the dome and like the story behind that with Californians, well, like, like me. <laughs> you know, look, um... <laughs> We're building a dome around the city in order to get rid of the Californians so that Austin can one day be affordable to the locals and we will no longer have a traffic problem. And this stems from the fact that um, a lot of California companies come to Austin and feel as though they can um, bypass many of the local laws, rules, and ordinances that other companies have no problems following, such as the soccer stadium. Have you heard about the soccer stadium? So we're getting an ML... We. Oh, I have heard rumors of that. Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know so, any details. About regrettably, you're a little more involved a, in that. Uh, in that all scene right. Than I am. So, so regrettably, there might be a there's a chance that we are going to have a major league soccer team next year, and the owner, and it's actually the Columbus Crew is moving to Austin. The owner of the Columbus Crew, named Anthony Precourt, trust fund baby, absentee owner, kind of from a financial standpoint, ran the Columbus Crew into the ground, and he comes to Austin. Negotiates with the with the current soon to be former mayor, um, behind the city's back, behind the city of Columbus's back, I believe even behind the MLS's back for over a year, about trying to um, bring the crew to Austin and the owner Anthony Solid. Precourt. Yeah, yeah, I saw the little belch, but anyway, um, the owner refuses to pay property taxes. Like part of the agreement. Right, part of the, the terms within within the agreement that the council voted seven to four uh, yes is that Precourt is not paying property taxes and the rent that he's paying and the only reason he's even paying rent because originally he was going to lease the land for a dollar a year. The only reason he's even paying rent is because of the ridiculous amount of pressure that was levied onto the council by concerned citizens like myself and other a few other concerned council members, namely um, Leslie Poole and Allison Alter, heroes. 
Um, so, so that's why that happened. But you know, you negotiated a, a deal on city-owned land that was like the prime spot for affordable housing, and you just gave it away to a soccer owner for like a fraction of the cost. And guess where he's from? San Francisco. I was going to say California, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. What about the Californians that are here? Can we stay? I mean, how long have you been here? 18 months. Oh, you might have to leave, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's I okay. Meant, I meant say, five look, years, dude. I meant five years. I, I, but look, man. It's what about, okay New, what gonna, about New Yorkers? Well, let's address the, you know, let's address the California situation first. Right, and I feel right, like a on. lot of, a lot of the, the, the um, Californians who come here, they, they try to, um, they try to impose their, their California ways onto the great are you talking about my Are you talking about my flip-flops over there in the corner? Those are very nice flip-flops. Are you but talking but, about my Buddha right here on the laptop? <laughs> <laughs> let's just, you let's talking get about back. the guru energy drink that we're drinking? The guru is great. <laughs> but um, from NY, New York, New York. Yeah. But anyway, back, 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 to, back to what I was saying. Um, you know, many of these people, and I don't know about you, you could be a great guy and you could be a, a real outlier. Okay. You know, but a lot of these people, they, they try to turn Austin into a mini. A lot of people here are kind of getting a little price out of L.A. because L.A., San Francisco, San Diego, because California is pretty... It's fucking expensive. It's extremely expensive. And yeah. the policies in place in California are not helping um, helping the situation. So you got a lot of uh, a lot of people coming to California because they, they uh, can't really afford to live the quality of life that they want. And then they move to Austin. And they, uh, instead of just saying, okay, cool, I'm in Austin, great. They try to like recreate their California lifestyle. And because Austin's a little more affordable so far, they try to like, you know, put things in place so that they can live their high society, California lifestyle that they couldn't really do in California. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, that's kind of, uh, a big, th- that's really the long and, and short of it. But anyway, um, it's okay. Cause before we, you know, while we're getting rid of them, I, we have, um, Special relocation facilities that we are going to send the Californians to, and um, where are they going to be located? Rest assured, we're we're we're, t- we're determining a, an exact location, but oh, rest yeah. assured, these uh, intermittent relocation facilities are going to have high rise condos, dog parks. There's going to be a CrossFit gym, yoga, goat yoga. There will definitely be goat yoga. Better, yes, yeah. goat yoga is actually not a bad idea. We could definitely give you guys some goat yoga. Yeah, I would like goat yoga. Yeah, goat, Com- goat yoga. Uh, if we had kombucha on tap, goat yoga, and. Dude, honestly, there better be kale salad or at least kale chips. Well, we're going to give you a Trader Joe's, actually. There'll be a Trader Joe's That's fine. in the compound. That's I fine. Trader yeah. Joe's. Trader in the Joe's. Yeah. I mean, Peanut you're going to be able to take, you're gonna be able to take Uber wherever you want. Okay. Uh, you know, as long as you're in the compound, of course. Within the compound. Yeah, I mean. so you can take Uber within the compound. Uh, okay. All the food is going to be uh, vegan and gluten free. And uh, sure. All of the bathrooms are going to be gender neutral. So perfect. You know. Nobody loves the Californians more than me. Let's <laughs> make that clear. <laughs> so, so like, where do you, uh, I want one of those t-shirts, by the way. I actually have, I t-shirts. have, um, oh, did you I bring one? Couple, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. We'll take a picture of that. We will definitely take a picture in the shirt. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So the Californians are gone. Okay. So you're, you're in, you're in office, you get rid of the Californians and then you get rid of Lyft and Uber. Well, you know, if Uber and Lyft agree to fingerprint their drivers and apply by the same rules that every other transportation company wants to abide by, then they're welcome to stay. But uh, I doubt that they're willing to uh, that is abide weird. by those rules. I drove for Ride Austin last year when I first moved here for like four months while I was looking for a job. I, I and I got, background, for, uh, I got yeah, background checked. Which is what you should do. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me either. I, I agree because A, look... Um, 
You're getting it, a fucking car with a stranger. Well, you're getting in a car with a stranger, and like a company like Uber and Lyft doing their own background check is like, you know, a police department, you know, investigating a, a shooting of a corrupt officer. It's like which, we're gonna do, which we're is gonna what happens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like um, the Federal Reserve auditing itself. Yeah, like, yeah. like oh, nothing wrong here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's just preposterous. Yeah. But um, you know, that's that's the thing too. And another another problem with Uber and Lyft not fingerprinting their drivers is it makes it too easy to become an Uber driver and a yeah. Lyft driver, and it becomes like getting a participation trophy in life. Mm-hmm. And when you have like you know an increased supply and demand ratio. And the the supply is greatly exceeding the demand. The drivers don't make any money. Mm-hmm. Like nobody makes any money. It becomes almost like communism. Like it becomes a plantation company. Yeah. So that's what I think the problem is. I think that um, if Uber and Lyft fingerprinted their drivers, the driver it would be better for the drivers because the ones who do get fingerprinted and actually pass the background check are going to make a lot more money on the road. And they'd be the ones that are committed to actually giving a good experience, they're better drivers, all that kind of stuff. Fact. And also, they need to they need to do something about um curbing the number of Uber of rideshare drivers in total that are allowed on the to operate in Austin at one time. time. Yeah, because A, it'll 100% reduce traffic because there's like a there's a large 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 amount of drivers in the road contributing to our traffic problems. Who are rideshare drivers? And if you like go downtown, it's probably over eighty percent of the cars in the road are Uber and Lyft, Uber and Lyft drivers. Yeah, it's a definite problem that a lot of cities are gonna have to deal with too, especially with scooters coming in. That's another. That's it's another, fucking sketchy downtown. That's, that's it really another, is. That's another problem. In a lot of cities, it's sketchy now. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they need to put breathalyzers on the scooters. They need to do something because and they go really. They actually go. They ex- go fifteen miles an hour. They go fucking and, fast. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Like you know. A, a big argument for why Uber and Lyft are back is the reduction in drunk driving, which, although there may be less drunk driving arrests, you don't really know if there's a reduction in drunk driving because if you have the Uber and Lyft sticker on your car on a Friday, Saturday night, you're probably less likely to be pulled over because the cop will just assume you're a rideshare driver. Yeah. So there, there's that factor 100% comes into play. Hmm. But when you have the scooters and nobody's enforcing the, nobody's like enforcing the traffic laws that the scooters have to obey and follow because they've never seen anybody get a ticket or anything happen on the scooter. And they've been around for a while. And I've worked downtown. I've never seen any, a, a cop pull over anybody on a scooter. And a lot of these guys are fucking wasted out of their minds yeah. driving scooters, which, you know, if I weren't a pedicabber and I wasn't, uh, you know, about to be an esteemed politician, I would probably do that too because that looks like a lot of fun. So, um, I'm not the only person who feels that way. They need to address this because, like, there there's a huge, like, very like scary increase in in these types of accidents, and it's only going to get worse if it doesn't get addressed. So we need to they, they need to put breathalyzers on the scooters so that uh, the scooters can, the scooters can serve their purpose, which is to uh, reduce traffic and provide an environmentally clean way of people going from point A to point B within downtown. Have you ever have you ever heard of Edward Abbey, the author? He wrote, no. a, he wrote a book called Desert Solitaire. No. He talked in there about how all the national parks, and I'll bring it back to the cities, don't worry. He talks about how all the national parks, he thinks that they should have a parking lot like miles away, and then you either have to bike or walk or like find your own way to actually get into the national parks instead of bringing the cars like up into the fucking like top of the Grand Canyon. You know, he's like, fuck that. You can't enjoy it. Like put the cars out there, and if you want to walk in, you can do it. So I always thought about that for cities. Like, why don't they just shut down the inner 10 blocks at least? Make it all, you can walk, you can bike, you can scooter, but there's no fucking that, cars that's allowed. That's something that me and my, uh, 
me and one of my pedicab friends were, were talking about that, like just a car free downtown. Car free, yeah. I just, I, I, I think that's. That, I mean, that it'd be tough be, to implement, well, but I think that that would be a really good idea. Um, within downtown on like Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, I think on like a regular week, on a regular weekday, that's not that big of a deal. Hmm. Because it's not like super crazy traffic like on the middle of the week, right? True, like that's not true. that big. I, I don't think we need to do that in the middle of the week and people do have to go to work and you don't want to mess with people like actually going to work. But like downtown on the weekend, nobody's going to work downtown on the week and they're going to get drunk. So you're, it's probably actually a good thing to help reduce drunk driving and help people like sober up a little bit to get to their cars or get to their Ubers. Um if they have to walk a little bit and it'll help, um, with the local economy, taxi drivers will make, be able to make a good living again. Uh, pedicab driver, it'll help out the pedicab community. It'll help out the, the electric golf carts. It'll allow people to like be able to independently sustain themselves and, you know, have a healthy work-life balance. And also, um, it'll help facilitate the creative community. Cause there's a lot of pedicab drivers who are like really talented artists, really talented musicians. There are other athletes in the pedicab community. And, you know, if you have a better means of earning a living, and you could, you know, you can make a good living having to work less. You're be able, you're going to be able to spend more time focusing on, you know, the dream that you want to focus on, and that creates better art. It creates better music. It creates better athletes. It creates happier, more well-adjusted individuals. And there's no reason why that can't be done while um, having a positive economic effect in the city. Mm-hmm. Like literally, no reason, right? Um, but that being said, a car-free downtown is probably something that's not going to happen for the no. next couple of years. No. But we could do we could take little baby steps to go there because you can't just go from you can't just jump from point A to point point F, right? You gotta like go from A to B to C, like you know, everything is one step at a time. Like you don't like in jujitsu, you don't all of a sudden like roll for six months and expect to get a black belt. Like it doesn't work that way. You gotta take steps. You know what I mean? So like um I think the first step we could do, have Uber and Lyft fingerprint their drivers. Second step that we could do is you know, limit the number of rideshare drivers operating on the road at a given time, right? Third step that uh we could do is um on the weekends make it so that if you pick up within it downtown you have to drive at least two to three miles before you drop somebody off because a big reason why we have um this crazy traffic problem downtown is because people are taking ubers from like sixth street to, to rainy street or like you know rainy street to the w and you don't need an uber to go from rainy street to the w but that's not what uber is for uber is to get you home safely so you don't drink and drive mm-hmm you know what I mean? And, and you shouldn't be driving your car from 6th Street to the W. Which is like a mile or half mile or something. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, that these are all very like reasonable things that we can do. I, I think that um, when I talked about this, I was at a, the um, Asian American Resource Center. I gave a candidate forum and everyone was talking about, you know, f- how are you going to reduce traffic? And everybody's talking about, we need to build a mono, we need to build a light rail and we need to build all these, uh, these you know, train systems and whatnot, right? And we should, Right. I mean, it's, it's obviously a good idea, but that doesn't happen overnight, man. Like that takes time. That costs a lot of money. And there are things that we could do to help make traffic better while we build the train station or, you know, while we wait on voter approval to build a train station, there are like um, common sense solutions that you can have, like carpool lanes, you know, three or more vehicles. You can't be in the left lane unless you have three or more people in your car. Yeah, they don't have any of those in Texas, do they? It doesn't make sense. Well, they may have it in... Yeah, they may... Yeah, you know where I they have them? They do. You know where they have them all, all over the place. Let's not talk... <laughs> you know where. Well, let's get back to the, the issue at hand. Carpool lanes... But, but traffic in California is even worse. But um, carpool lanes are not a bad idea, right? It encourages less people to 
drive their cars, mm-hmm. encourage carpooling. I think that there's a lot of traffic lights in the city that don't work properly. I think we need to fix the traffic lights to help increase the the flow of traffic. So I think there's a lot of things that we could uh, we could do to fix this. I think that the way the Metro Rapids run, they they don't run appropriately. You know what I mean? Like they run pretty quickly in this in Central Austin, but you could like ride your bike in Central Austin. You know what I mean? Like you should they should they should have um, quick responding Metro Rapids like in Southeast Austin by like Dove Springs or like far west or far northeast or by Decker Lake, you know? Because the people that live out there, not necessarily far west, but people who live by Decker Lake and the people who live like by Dove Springs, they're the people kind of getting pushed out of Austin. They're, they're like, you know, the, the poor and black and Hispanic families that are um, being pushed to the outskirts of the city. And a lot, a lot, of, a lot of these people can't really afford a car. Right, and um, this will help people get to work and be contributing members here in Austin without having to rely on a car and a vehicle. And you know, when you talk about affordability and sustainability and in inclusive Austin, well, wouldn't it make more sense to just have like public transportation available in those regions at a more ready pace? They're also trying to talk about moving the um, the courthouse from like downtown to like. By, by like East Rivers, by like Metro Center and Riverside near 71. And there's like no public transportation out there that there's no like reliable public transportation out there. And, and a lot of people who go to traffic court, I'm like, um, in downtown, a lot of these people are like homeless or they're, they're like transient or they're like super impoverished. And a lot of these people can't, don't have a car. Right, so and they rely on taking the bus to transportation. So you're going to have like, if you move that, that, if you move the courthouse, you're going to have a lot of people missing court. Because people are not going to be able to get to court, and so these are just like common sense logistical things that could that should be addressed like that, like super quickly, but they're not being addressed. So these issues need to get brought up, you know. And what about uh, talking about the flamethrowers? I'm very glad you brought that up, Alex. <laughs> There's no way that we were going to talk, and I'm not going to bring up the flamethrowers, baby. All right, hey, I, I hear what you're saying, and uh. As you're well aware, uh, police shootings are at an all-time high and bordering on epidemic proportions, and that's why when I get elected, we're taking guns away from the police, and we are replacing them with flamethrowers. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Some people might not really understand where I'm coming from with my ultra-progressive stance on this issue, but I'm going to explain this, all right? And I think that all police officers need to train a combat sports a sport three to five times a week while they are employed. At the very least, they need to do it for their first 10 years in the job, provided that they're under the age of 30 or 30 or under, right? And even if they're, even if they're older, it should still be strongly encouraged that you uh, do some jujitsu. Because A, jujitsu releases endorphins. B, it teaches you how to maintain your composure under pressure. Uh, C, it, um, it humbles you. Because not only do you get to beat people up, but you also get beat up by people who are a lot smaller than you and a lot less athletic than you are. And D, you learn how to actually subdue an opponent opponent without having to use deadly force. That being said, if you have the discipline to do jujitsu three to five times a week over a prolonged period of time, guess what? I trust you with the flamethrower. Okay, so that's that's the that's the dose right there. That's the prescription is jujitsu plus flamethrower. Yes. Also, there's another, there's another reason why too, you know, and I think that it could help, uh, this, this will help identify, uh, dubious and suspicious looking individuals because if you walk down rainy street 
walk around Sixth Street, walk, walk around anywhere in Austin, you see an extra crispy-looking individual, well, there's a good chance that he's trouble. <laughs> extra crispy? Yes. Okay, got it. There's a good chance he's trouble. All right, so we got the cops with flamethrowers and practicing jujitsu, and that's just within Austin city limits. Well, that's where I'm going to be the mayor of. I'm right. not the mayor of Round Rock. Right. Got it. Okay. So, what other what other things are you? Uh, what are like the main things besides the dome, besides the flamethrower? What are some other big things that you're? You want to make changes with? Well, we talked about Uber and Lyft and our transportation yep. system. Yeah. We talked about putting breathalyzers on the Lime scooters. Right. And even those electric bikes that go up to 20 miles an hour, you shouldn't be drunk operating a vehicle that goes over 20 miles an hour. Um, we talked about the carpool lanes, carpool lanes, fixing the traffic lights. Uh, we talked about uh, a better land code that the people should have a say and vote on, no tax breaks for large California companies, unless they have a history of actually taking care of their workers, right? You know, like if you have, if you have a history of like providing paid sick leave or a history of, uh, you know, paying your workers well and, cre- you know, creating jobs within the city that you are moving to and not just bringing jobs from other parts of the country, then sure, we can work something out, but there, there's got to be uh, something that you're willing to contribute so I, I think that there's that. Um, there'd be no, no negotiations with Jeff Bezos. That, that's for sure. Um, let's see what else. It'd be cool to be able to talk to him. I mean, he can talk to my secretary because there's no way he's, he's coming here under my mayorship. Jeff, have you seen the pictures of him like back in the day versus now? He's yoked. Have you seen those memes of he's him? yoked. Where before it's like, oh, we sell books. And then it shows a picture of him now yoked. And it's like, I sell fucking everything. He's just like this massive guy now. He's he's like Lex Luthor. Yeah, he's yeah. That's a good way to put he's it. He's Lex Luthor, man. He's a super villain. Yeah, he's, he is. That's yeah, what he is. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um. So what about I saw a video of you walking into City Hall with your belt on. It didn't like you put your arms up and stuff like that. I don't need to put my arms up. All I got that belt says enough. This belt right here that you have on the, the mayor belt. Yes. Right. So can you describe it to people who can't see? Uh well. As a result of being ahead in the polls, and uh, very likely the next mayor of Austin, I decided to uh, make a statement to show that I'm going to be a strong leader who stands up for the people and fights the social injustices. And so that's why I purchased a, a championship belt, because that's what I plan on winning is the mayor election, and that belt says mayor. <laughs> that video is badass, dude. When you walk in there, is that when you like to put your name on the ballot? What yeah, were you well, doing? well, yeah. So they they uh, put me on the ballot. They they were doing the ballot drawing, and uh, they called me to sign. You know, say that I oh that's what it was for. Okay, abide by X Y Z, and so yeah, that that's what it was for. I go into the city hall, sign my name. I'm officially on the ballot to be mayor of Austin. And so, what did they like? What were what were they saying to you when you walked in there? Anybody say shit to you, or what were they? How were they looking at you? Uh, not really. I mean, you know. The establishment doesn't like a true revolutionary. We'll put it to you that way. I love that. What about your family and your friends and shit? What do they say? Well, my family and friends are very supportive about my progressive campaign. So, like, what, what kind of, like, do they ask you a lot of questions? Like, what do they? Well, they just want to see the dome get built. <laughs> Oh, if we're taking out Californians, I feel like New Yorkers got to come with them too. You know, 
Not all transplants are created equal. <laughs> okay. We're going to leave it at that. What about NorCal versus SoCal? Are we going to do some type of like, like I feel like Northern Californians, that's me, right? I feel like we could take some type of California test or something, right? To be like, oh, you're the chill Californians. And we're trying to become our own state in Northern California anyway. Which I, th- I think is... What uh, do you think? Let's draw a line like north of Bakersfield. We get to stay. You know, Alex, we're, we're still working. We're still, Bakersfield we're still, we're, South. We, we are still working out the parameters. And I, I really I want to make an agreement. I, I, really, I really appreciate the, um, the input from concerned voters such as yourself. You are registered to vote, right? Uh, I think so. I don't know. Do uh, <laughs> you know what? I think I'm about a year and a half behind getting my... I don't have my Texas driver's license. So I have you my need plates. To, you need to get that. I think it was like thirty days. I was supposed to get it. You should get. You should get your Texas driver's license. Um, I believe you can register at the D, at the DPS and the tax office while you do that. I think you can register to vote even without the license, though. Can't you? Can't you just say like I now live in Texas, or do you have to have the license? I believe you need a license, but I'm not a hundred not a hundred ten percent of that. But I will be taking a class September 4th to register people to vote by myself. So if you ever want to send me a message, I will be happy to personally come to your house. You can have a beer or two, and I will register you to vote so that you can make the right choices for our great city. When is that? September 4th? Yeah, that's when I'm taking the class. You're taking the class? Yeah. Okay. And this way, I, I, you could, I could bring out the, little, uh, the paperwork and the little form. You fill it out, and then I bring it to the tax office. You don't have to do anything. Yes. Just write a little pay. Yeah. What day is that? September 4th is what? Like a Tuesday or Monday? No, man. That's a little way. A little no, it's not. Ahead. It's like in a week. It's a couple weeks. It's literally in eight days. Let's see here. We're going to look this it's up. It's about right a week, now. actually. Yes, you're right. It's next Tuesday. So it's a week and a day. Okay. A little over a week. It's actually the day after Labor Day. Yeah. Nothing more American than uh, registering people to vote. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. You should have done it on Memorial Day. Huh? You should have done it on Memorial well, Day. Well, the class is on the 4th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the, you mean Labor Day. I know. I'm saying that in a perfect world, you would be doing it on Memorial Day or the Fourth of July. Agreed, but uh, you know, but we got it, It's still okay. You know, you, you can't strive for perfection in this world. You progress, gotta, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. Exactly. I think that the big reason why we have such like an outrage culture and a, a, a culture perpetuated on people's anx- uh, you know on anxiety and depression and whatnot, and you know, obviously these chemical chemical issues definitely exist. But I think that people try to meet unrealistic standards of perfection. And then when you're Real self self doesn't measure up to your ideal self. You get depressed, and I think that For sure. the key to being like happy and emotionally, uh, I guess, well and well adjusted is to uh, set realist realistic expectations for what you want to do, and just focus on one thing at a time. One hundred percent, yeah. Because once you start to get to that point where your your actions are trying to reflect this like hero in your brain that you're never going to be, because, and yet you constantly think that you should. Yeah, and then you wind up feeling like depressed and paralyzed, and then you wind up doing nothing, and your life is a waste. So I, I think that uh, I think I think one of the one of the real key components to towards being happy is to realize that you're is to realize that you're not special, a hundred percent, and just be like okay with the fact that you suck. <laughs> and, and like that, yeah. that's 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 a big thing I learned from jujitsu too is yeah. that you go and you train with a bunch of badasses right, and you get, get your ass kicked, and you're like, damn, I suck at this, but. I suck a little less than I did yesterday. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's important for people to do that no matter how you find it. I think jujitsu is probably one of the most primal ways to find it and quickest, I would imagine. Yeah. But man, you better find that somewhere in sports, in anything, yeah. Any type of activity or task. Yeah. You need to constantly be beat and then constantly get better. It's true because uh, I think real confidence is being able to be okay with sucking and just be comfortable with it. Just be like, well, I suck at this. What are you going to do? 
I know because I'm gonna, gonna do, I'll, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna do my best to get better, but there, there's a chance like I'm still might not be that good at it, but I'm still gonna try. All, all you can control, all, all you can control in life is whether or not you try to do what you want to do. Yeah, because you can't control the outcome of anything. You know, like, like I mean that that's that's a little mo- motivational mayor quote right here. Uh, it's may, mayor motivation on Monday. May, Monday, you know, wait, Monday motivational mayor. May, mayor Mo- motivational. Mayoral motivation Monday. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. Mayoral motivation. The little mayoral motivation Monday quote is that uh, you know, you have no control over the result of your actions. The only thing you have control over is the action itself. Yeah, and it's like um, when you start to think that there's a, where's the, there's some quote or something, but I always like to think of like thinking that you are a hundred percent special in the fact that like there is no other. Alex Starr or Alex Stringer. Sure, yeah. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Won, like, that's a fact, but on the flip the side, I mean, but on like, the flip yeah. side of that, it's like, you're absolutely nothing. There's this great quote that's like, love is knowing you are everything and wisdom is knowing that you are nothing. And between the two, your life moves. And it's like that. Like, you need to know that you're fucking special and unique and you are a snowflake and all that bullshit. And you also need to know that you're fucking like the lowest of low. You're absolutely a speck of dust and nothing. And you're, you're, well, you mean nothing. So you're, you're the thing as in to bring, bring that point up is you're special to, you should be special to yourself and special to the people who care about you. Mm. But you are nothing in comparison to the actual universe. Mm, exactly. You know what I mean? And people who don't know you. Like if you see some random guy walking down the street, do you give a shit about him? No. Yeah. And you shouldn't, right? Cause you know, it doesn't matter. Cities do that too. There's yeah. Cities will do that too. Or like if you're in a smaller, if you're like in a group of a hundred people, you start to care about them. When you get in the city atmosphere, you, 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 you literally you can't. Like you because literally too, can't. There's too, much there's too many people. There's too much. Too much stuff. Yeah, and there's too many um, people. You literally cannot like give away. I mean, I, I probably should have like. I probably should like explain what I said a little bit. If you know, as as a future city official, of course you should care about like addressing people's needs. <laughs> no, but in terms of like mean. caring about somebody as an individual, like if you see somebody that you don't know or have any relationship to, it's a lot harder to like really feel like a connection. Yeah. With, you, you can't connect with everybody. You know, you, you, you can't gotta, give that away all day. If you're walking around a city, you see fucking 500 people. Can't do it. Yeah. But anyway, here, here's the problem with, with um, this encouragement of density in cities is it, it's perpetuating mental illness, right? Yeah. Like, you know, how good do you feel if you go like hiking in nature, right? Like going hiking in nature, going fishing or even hunting or doing anything or even driving to like a small, driving out to like a small town where there's like, or sit down, open, a, yeah. sit on a bench at a park where it's just yeah. quiet and there's nobody there. Yeah. Like how how good do you feel being in open space? Like how, you know when you go to open space, you go camping. Like your head feels clear for a co- for like after a couple days, and that's not an accident, you know. And if you're pushing everybody to live congested and compact, like right next to each other, that's how you create like mental illness. Like you lose that, you know. Like being in touch with nature is like a big component towards like being happy and well adjusted. And when you like take that away from people. You create a society of misery. I mean, that, that that's really, um, there's no, I mean, I probably could put it a little better, phrase it more eloquently, but like, I think that that's as good of a way to put it as, as you really can, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of things that are, I think, contribute to people's depression and um, malaise, I guess, for lack of a better word. And that's for sure one of them. Because if you think about it, a lot of people, they go to their job that they probably don't even really enjoy that much. That's inside, air conditioned. They're staring at a screen all day. Then you come home, you eat some type of food that is going to be processed carbs, or maybe you have a couple beers, you're going to have, have some poison, you're going to have some alcohol, and then you're going to relax by distracting yourself with more fucking screens, yeah. watching a TV show. And it's all good, like none of that stuff is inherently bad, but it's like at the end of the week, you didn't spend that, many, that much time with friends, 
you watched, you consumed a lot of things that like constructed your vision of reality and you weren't outside. You weren't like in nature and you didn't have any solitude or quiet. Yeah. Also, I mean, back to the processed food, a lot of people don't eat real meat. It's all just like crappy. Yeah. And I think that like you are... I think that you absorb people, you absorb energy of what you put in your body. For sure. You yeah. Know, not, not just sound like a total hippie, but like that, that's it's really. Sound like California right now, dude. Well, it's, it's a fact. Like, regardless, look, look let, let's not, not, not clumpy into, uh, into a group of people there, Alex, but like, <laughs> let's, let's explain this. Like, you do absorb that, you do absorb the energies of who you surround, who you surround yourself with and sure. what, you, what you consume, right? And like, even when it comes to like who you have sex with and sleep with, right? Like if you, if you fuck a bunch of dirty bitches like constantly, you're going to feel, you're going to have their energy is going to be your energy and you're mm-hmm. going to feel bad and angry and like upset about a lot of things. And you're not going to have like a good way about you, you know? And like if you eat a cow that's been in like a factory farm, you know, if you eat a cow that's like been factory farmed, clumped together with other cows, not even able, not able to move, no, no mobility being fed, you know, steroids and, and grain and Monsanto mystery stuff and whatever. And it's rolling around in its own feces and all, you know, all that's like not to be super graphic. Like that's not a happy cow and you're going to absorb its energy. And you, you know, whereas if you eat like a free range bison, that's been, you know, roaming around, you know, eating plants and hunting and killing other animals, like you're going to absorb a killer. You know what I mean? Or if you eat a cow that's like free range or a chicken that's free range, eating what it, what it wants, doing what it wants, hanging out with its buddies, you're absorbing like that chicken's power. So I really believe that, that that's a, a big reason why people are so like miserable because they're absorbing the energy of, uh, they're, they're just constantly consuming themselves with bad energy. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. And that permeates too. Like when I was a substitute teacher, like the food that they feed these kids in AISD is awful. Like what was it? Fucking garbage. I remember what we had when we were kids. How old are you? 32. Okay, I'm 29. It was like, it was like the shit. I remember like on Styrofoam when it being those like rectangular pizzas, you know, with like applesauce. And then it was like those like real mushy, must have been like microwavable pizzas, you know, and like mac and cheese. It was just crap. It was crap on crap on crap. It was, there was nothing beneficial. It's garbage. It's complete garbage. It's it's total garbage. And then like, there's and then everyone's got all the kids got ADD. Yeah, well, yeah, because you know, like, it's like, well, no shit, you have ADD. You're feeding like, people, not, you're feeding you're people shit. Yeah. Spiking insulin levels the entire day. You're just running off it, of carbs. Well, it's really bad. And I think what what I would support, I would try to create some kind of amendment, uh, and hopefully it would gain gain some support, and it would just be to uh, feed real food to our school children, like yeah. feed actual like, you know. Farm, you know, like like farm fresh, like from JBG Gardens, vegetables, and, and you know, and Fredericksburg peaches that are like grown in a wholesome manner to our school children. Like, and I don't mind paying taxes for that. That's an investment in our future. Yeah, the question is whether you convince everyone else to. Well, it's something that I would propose. I, right. I think it's. I think that's a huge deal because. The, the, today's school children are tomorrow's um, businessmen. They're tomorrow's leaders. They're tomorrow's like doctors. They're tomorrow's lawyers. They're tomorrow's soldiers. You know, you have uh, there's a problem in the Marines where people can't even pass the physical fitness test anymore to get in. How do you become a world power when the future of America can't do a pull up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, these issues need to be addressed. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I, I have absolutely no problems like crafting an amendment or even starting some kind of fund to help 
give real food to a lot of kids in AISD. And especially a lot of these kids, like they come from poverty and they can't, you know, they can't afford to go to Central Market. And the shit food is cheap food. Yeah, they can't afford to go to Central Market. You want to level out the playing field, give these kids some real food, it'll help. Yeah, it's amazing the effect that it has on your mood, right? Like if you ever go through days or or a week where you're eating kind of shitty, you know, and then you have a week where you're really on point, you're eating a lot of vegetables, probably for your boxing matches and stuff. Yeah. You're really watching your diet, and I, it's amazing I, the clarity you get. I have ADHD. Your mood changes. I have ADHD myself, and eating a eating a mostly organic, free-range diet where I put good food in my system, taking Alpha Brain, Aubrey Marcus, uh, hook hook it up a little. You dude, know? I was, dude, I was supposed to go to his house that the day. Do you see he got in a car accident? Yo, I saw that. I was supposed to go to his house that day for like my buddy's birthday party. He was supposed what? to be there, and he got in a car accident that morning. I know, morning. I saw that. That's fucking nuts. I couldn't believe it, man. He has like nerve damage and stuff. I'm glad he's all right. But, but he's okay, man. You know, yeah, he's okay. It's, yeah. uh, I love that guy. I had a friend of mine who was like um, some kind of doom buggy accident. I'm not 100 percent sure what the details are, but he was a pro fighter, and he like he had to get his arm amputated. Fuck. Like fucking crazy. Doom like, buggies are sketch. I've never been on one, but I, I, sketchy. I, um, I know a lot of people have like rolled them and broken arms and shit. Yeah. Anyway, man, though, I think, I think the, the point of that is, is really nothing's guaranteed and you really got to, you really got to be happy with what you have in life because there's a lot of, uh, things could definitely be a lot worse. Like whenever you feel down or upset about whatever you think it is you're going through, there are a lot of people who have who have it a lot worse and wish that they had your problems. So how do you deal with it? So like, tell me like what you do. So if you get if you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm feeling bummed, I'm feeling sad, right? It doesn't always work to just be like, well, other people would want to be me. Like I should be grateful. Do you think you should like process that emotion first, right? Because feelings are relative. You know uh, what well, I mean? Well, yeah, like, you should definitely. I think everyone's feelings saying? definitely count, and people should be sensitive to your feelings. And just because you had a bad day, and it's and it's you know. Your problems are not the same compared to somebody else's. People should still listen to your problems. I think, I think that uh, it, I think that um, people not listening to and you know, kind of like discouraging your problems and pushing those problems to the side is a big reason why there's like a lot of anger and disenfranchisement here, you know, in this country and in Austin and whatever it is. But um, man, I think that uh, you know you. After you take take the moment to process what you're going through, you gotta you need to get an understanding of who you are as an individual, right? And if you feel better after you work out, and you know, like, oh shit, I'm starting to really like get down on myself, and starting to feel overwhelmed, starting to feel feel stressed. You, as a grown adult, should know what you need to do to de-stress yourself in a healthy manner. So I take a lot of days where I like will like go to like bash up and fish for like a couple hours. You know what I mean? Or if I'm feeling like stressed and overwhelmed, I go to jujitsu. Like I was, man, these past couple weeks were super stressful with just me getting on the ballot. You know, I went to um, I went to Jacob's Well on Thursday. Spent just, a, out? just spent a day in Wimberley. I went and like ate lunch at like some cafe out in Wimberley, and then I just hung out in San Marcos for a little bit. You know what I mean? And like I went to jujitsu the next day, and then Saturday I slept for like I took like a five hour nap before I went to pedicab. Um, before I did the podcast with you, I went to did jujitsu for like an hour and a half. So I think you got to know. I took a nap. Yeah. Yeah, you have to know your body and know why you're feeling a certain way and you got to address things preemptively before they overwhelm you. So I think that that's, I guess, a good step to take. For sure, yeah. Before they accumulate. Because yeah, then what just, happens is th- then they fester yeah, and they grow and, and then and it they becomes build. even harder and harder to do that and you fall into a spiral. It's a lot easier to perpetuate something bad than it is to perpetuate something good. Yeah, so that's you got to really the, work hard to like... That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's always, I always thought that's like one of the interesting quirks of... Uh, human brain or like the way that we operate. I don't know if it's aided by society and by our culture 
where it's like a, a negative spiral is easier than a positive spiral. Well, I mean, look, it's a lot easier to do nothing than to do something. Sure. So why is it easier to be negative than positive? Um, because when you do po- like, why is it easier to be negative than, than to be yeah. positive? Yeah. Because that, that's how the body works. When you, when you do things that are hard for you, you release endorphins and you release chemicals in your body that promote, that, that put you in like a happy, well-adjusted frame of mind. Whereas if you, you know, sit around drinking craft beer all day, you know, you're putting poison in your body mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to, you know, sit around watching TV all day, drinking craft beer and, uh, going bar hopping and whatnot than it is to actually put yourself out of a comfort zone. The negative like mindset is just an easier path. To it's take. a way easier path to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, are you a runner? Uh, yeah, I run. Yeah. How do you feel after you run like three miles? Yeah, or if I do sprints or anything. Yeah, you feel fantastic, man. Like you have exercise. How do you feel during the run? That depends, man. Sometimes I feel good, but, but I would say of- I'd say the hardest part is getting yourself to start. Yes, yeah. Once like, you're doing it, you feel pretty good. Yeah. So it's that I, initial activation. When, energy. when I was uh, training for my fight, we had uh, sparring sessions on um, every Tuesday, right? Every Tuesday and Thursday we had sparring sessions, and um, the sparring sessions we had at Eastside Elite when I was there were like the worst because we would beat the shit out of each other. Um, we would we would fuck each other up, and I never. One, I hated it. Like I was like, "Oh fuck, got sparring today." Shit, and I'd just be like <laughs> dreading it the entire day. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And and I would even spend my weeks. I'm like, "You better do your conditioning because uh, Tuesdays are gonna suck, and they're gonna suck a lot more if you're not in shape." Yeah, and you're actually gonna get your ass beat if you're not in shape. Yeah, or at least you, worse. Yeah, you, exactly. At least you could take it when you're in shape yeah. better, and you could you know fight back and kick some ass as well. But if you're out of shape, you just and you can also get hurt too, right? But like, anyway, um, after. Sparring was over. I always felt really good and happy and clear headed. And I was like, whew, don't have to do that for another week. Right. And then, and then, uh, you know, don't have to do that for another couple of days. And then, so, um, and then it comes back. Yeah. Yeah. But, but either way, what I'm trying to say is I would feel a lot like, you know, whatever, whatever problems I had no longer bothered me anymore. Cause like yeah. you're in a, well, it's also meditative when you do something like, so here's another thing too. Right. And here's another reason I think why, um, doing stuff out of your comfort zone and doing things that suck is really good for being emotionally happy. And it's because it's kind of meditative. Like when you like are really focused on one thing, right? You can't think about the other problems that you have. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when you're like trying to do like hill sprints or doing some kind of crazy conditioning workout or you're, you know, in a sparring session or you're rolling with somebody, like the only thing that you're thinking about is like getting through what you need to get through. And so all the other problems are no longer there. So you literally get to take a break from all the problems that you have. Yeah. And I think that's what like comes from, that's the key, man. That's what comes from seeing that the way other people live. So you feel like grateful for that because you see like, wait, my problems aren't like actual real problems. And then through working out, you can also get in the zone and get those problems out of your head. Really what it comes down to is you being able to, you being able to just like get out of your own head. 100%. Instead of being in the vortex of your own mind, you have to have those moments of like clarity where it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> those things, they don't matter. They're, just, like, they're well, just stuck exactly. in my head rattling it really, around. It really doesn't matter. Right? They're when just rattling there. When, you have to, when, when you're worried about getting choked in jujitsu, I'm not going to be thinking about North Korea. Like, <laughs> I did it. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not I did <laughs> God, our North Korea, the political climate of North Korea is just really great right now. Yeah, you're um, just not thinking about you're it. Not, you're, like, dude. you're like, well, this what's going on in North Korea has really no 
no effect on me. It at has this no effect. Yeah, yeah. Trying not to get choked. Yeah, <laughs> I did a um, I did a half Ironman in Vancouver like three weeks ago. It was the same way, man. Like when I was on the bike and I'm on mile forty and it was sucking. My main issue, my only issue, was that my legs hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it was like keep pedaling. You know, and then I was running. I was like, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You're right. You're not thinking about like, oh, I got to do that long. When I'm going to be able to pay rent? Like, I got to do that laundry when I get home. Like, nothing. None of that stuff. Yeah. You're just and, like, keep moving your legs. And then once everything's clear legs. for those few hours, right, or for that whole day, yeah. you're like, all right, I can do this. I can do that. And you wind up being able to make the steps to, that you need to get X, Y, and Z done. Yeah, and exactly. That, that's a big thing, you know? Yeah, like de-jumbles de your mind. Is it that really the does, yeah. Jumble? Yeah, de jumble. Sure. Yeah. De jumble. Well, cool, man. Um, this has been a shitload of fun. This has been a blast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, any final words? You know, I wisdom? would li- I would like to say uh, thank you for having me on the show, and uh, it was a real pleasure to be here. And I'm I'm sorry that you're gonna have to leave the Stranger Dome when I get elected, but I still think you're a great guy, and Thanks, uh, you're, you're gonna really enjoy your. Uh, your relocation facility, but we're going to talk about that, right? I might be able to go to the maybe are, like let's make it like an like an intermediary one or something, like the NorCal ones. We'll talk. I, I'm open to suggestion. This is why I'm going to be a great public servant because I'm the only candidate who really listens to the people. We'll cut it there, dude. All right, thank all right, you. man. Cool. All right. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everybody. I have a podcast coming up with my buddy Lay. Uh, transgender and we go into the depths uh, of uh, sexual things and how dating works and a bunch of stuff that we didn't cover on the first one. So I'm going to have that podcast coming out um, as well as my buddy Michael who um, has been living on a refurbished bus, school bus for the past uh, I think two years. Uh, He can do it off the grid and everything like that. So that was cool. That was like six months in the making. So yeah, some cool stuff coming out. Um, Have a hoppy... Have a happy Halloween. I almost made it through the intro and the outro without entirely fucking something up. Um, So enjoy the Halloween. Enjoy the fall. um, And you know where to reach me. I'm on Instagram, AlexHStar. Um, Would love to catch up with you guys there. Um, That's where I do most of my content posting. Um, So much love. See you soon. (laughs) 